Hi, Explorers. Thanks for listening to Kids Who Explore Parent Edition. Come along with us as we cover all corners of raising kids in the outdoors. I'm Adriana Scori, a Canadian Rockies hiking, adventure, and travel mom to my two-year-old Turner and newborn baby Nash, and founder and CEO of Kids Who Explore. I'm Lauren Rodick-Eberly, mama to Collins and Deacon. We love exploring between our two homes in Alberta, Canada and Washington State, USA. Today's podcast is sponsored by Kids Who Explore's Patch for a Purpose. Every time we see our patch out in the world, we feel the love and support behind it. Our patches can be sewn onto backpacks, jackets, bags, or even baby carriers, to name a few. Or they can be carried in your packs as special adventure items for all your little explorers. Our patch comes in eight different colors, and a dollar from each patch goes to a, you guessed it, purpose. Your support can make a difference for all of the following charity groups, depending on which color patch you want to represent. Alberta Parks, Children's Disability, BIPOC and Anti-Racism, Sick Children, The Earth, Children's Wellbeing, Anti-Bullying, and Children's Mental Health. Check out the hashtag Patch for a Purpose to see our patch and the community behind it. That's hashtag Patch, the number four, a purpose. To get your patch today, visit www.kidswhoexplore.ca. We thank you in advance for the difference you are making. Chassie Newman is a mom, adventure traveler, and the founder of First Peak, a line of sustainable adventure wear for babies and toddlers. All her clothes are made in the USA using eco-friendly fabrics that are designed to stand up to mess, moisture, and exploration, most importantly. She's currently <laughs> living on the road with her husband and two-year-old, testing out First Peak clothes every day. Thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm excited to be here. So we definitely want to dive into how you travel <laughs> for such extended periods of time with less stuff. Yep. <laughs> totally. Can you tell us about some of your big adventures? Yeah. So we're currently, I guess, in the midst of it. We're about nine months in. Um, last June, my husband and I quit our nine to fives. We gave up the apartment. We sold and donated basically everything and just had this dream of taking a year to travel and COVID kind of delayed it, baby kind of delayed it. And we just said, you know what, we're going to go for it. Um, so we started out with a cross-country road trip and then made our way to, to Europe, to Western Europe for about three months last summer. Uh, came back and went to Central America, primarily in Mexico for a bit. And then we just wrapped up a loop where we were in uh, New Zealand, Australia, and then East Asia. Um, so we just got back to the States on Monday and I'm, we're staying with the grandparents for a few days and just letting them get some baby time. Oh my goodness. That is incredible. <laughs> so you were planning on doing this prior it's to been wild. <laughs> there was like a moment in like our wedding vows where we both said like, we'll go travel the world one day. Like let's do a year around the globe. And like, we both had sort of dreamt of this for years and years and years. And you know, now we're many years later. Um, and then the pandemic happened and we had this little guy at home and everyone was telling us it was impossible and just like wait till he's out of school and then go and you know like college is over or whatever um and we just had this sort of like why not now itch um and it felt like no better time than the present he's not in school yet which helps like he's still just young enough um we like to joke that like he's still little enough that like we're his only friends and he's like glad to hang out with us um and so it just sort of felt like a good enough time to say yes I absolutely love that. <laughs> that is incredible. 
Oh, thank you. It's a little crazy, but I, it, it's worked. It's been amazing for us as a family. It's, it's the best kind of crazy. All of you are yeah. going to remember this forever. Okay. I hope so. I think so, so. With this adventure, you have never checked a bag, even with a toddler. Correct. And, and I yes. know you've said there are obvious reasons why not to, such as no lost luggage, amen to that. <laughs> There's less to haul. It's making all the travel faster. But something that really stood out to me was you talking about teaching your child value. Can you talk a little yep. about this? For sure. Um, I, I think it's been a real shift for us of just like, really thinking about purposeful consumption and just what do we really need on the day to day and what are the things that allow us to have fun and unwind and enjoy and be present. Um, so like obviously with just carry-ons, like we don't bring a lot of toys, but we've gotten really good at finding anything to play with. Uh, and we don't, you know, splurge and shop in a lot of these places we're visiting, but that gives us more time to like really enmesh ourselves in local culture and just like pretend like we're living there. Um, and even just going through and giving stuff up, like one of the exercises we've sort of done with him is saying goodbye to things that we're not using anymore. Um, and so for each, about every month and a half, two months, we try to do like, let's go through everything we've got and figure out what's not getting used enough to warrant bringing it because everything is weight and packing. And we'll actually go through and be like, okay, and we're going to sit down and say goodbye to this, this item. Um, this book is something we're going to go donate. We're going to, if it's totally destroyed, we might recycle it. <laughs> um, but I think it's just been a nice way for, quite frankly, my husband and I feel like way more responsible consumers from it. But it's also been like a nice, fun thing to talk about with with a little guy. Oh, that's such a nice lesson. And, and goodness, like the amount I'm bringing is, it actually saves me time every morning, right? Like I don't have to think what to wear. I, I only have three shirts. <laughs> Okay, so I'm very curious, like this just yeah. made me think when you guys settle down again, if you guys settle down again, I don't yeah. know if that's your plan. Do you think you'll bring this into your life now and just be a bit more minimalist, even in a home? I hope so. Um, I think it's so tempting. Like I imagine we'll slip a little, right? Like you'll have the space and comfort of a home. Um, but we've been talking about, I think before we left, we had talked about like, when will we purchase a home? When will we be ready for that milestone? And it's actually been really heartening to be like, oh, we could get something way smaller. Like we're much happier and less space now and like realize that it can still be super homey and fulfilling and comfortable, even if we are spending a lot more time in closer quarters. Um, so I think it's shifted that thinking. And yeah, I'm like totally happy wearing like only quick drying, like sportwear <laughs> all the time. And like my hiking pants are my pants. I have no jeans. And like that's worked great. Absolutely. I'm with you. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit how, about how you manage to pack here on what kind of bags do you bring? Yeah. So we, my husband and I each have like a camping pack. Um, I think mine is like REI co-op. His is Patagonia. Um, they both have like a solid waist strap, you know, things like that. Um, we use packing cubes that sort of helps us stay organized and like compress things as much as we can. Um, and beyond the two of those, we have one like little day backpack. That is also sort of our like, uh, we use it on planes, just like that's where all the snacks go and like a change of clothes for my little guy and things like that. So it's like really handy. Um, and so that allows us to basically have, each of us have a pack as our carry on. The little backpack is a personal item. And if we have to stretch it, we call it M's carry on and then just a travel stroller. Okay. Okay. So I was going to ask, do you usually wear your kiddo or are you pushing your kiddo in a stroller or... 
It's funny. It depends on where we are. Like our entire month and change in New Zealand and then our entire month and change in Australia, we didn't touch the stroller once. Like it just felt like we could hike and like let him roam and there weren't big streets and it was safe. Um, East Asia was like super crowded metropolis. So like the stroller came back out again. Um, he's, he's not a sit still kind of guy. And so he like got over baby wearing right around when he started walking and just really wanted to be moving. And even the stroller, like really needs to be timed up with like a snack. Um, so by and large, we sort of move slow and let him lead and, and walk. I love that. <laughs> it's been great. He's getting better at it. You know, <laughs> I, I always say toddler pace is where I'm at. So at anyone oh, yeah. adventure with me, if they're okay with toddler pace, <laughs> toddler pace is a beautiful thing. It's like, it really pushes you to like embrace the present and embrace, embrace how they see the world. It's hard. There are definitely moments where I'm like, come on, little dude, like, let's get going. But it's powerful. Yes. It makes you very mindful and observant. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. So I saw that you break down your packing into bring, borrow, buy, which yes. I think is genius. <laughs> what are some of the top items that you would bring or borrow or buy? Can you talk about some of those? Yeah. Um, so I'll go backwards. I think that's the way my brain's working right now. So buy tends to be like snacks, diapers, any sort of perishable, we really have tried to say like, if they sell it there, we'll get it there. Um, and so toiletry type stuff, um, even times where we've, we've said like, oh, but how's the weather turns really cold? Or what if it does start to rain? Like we've tried to resist those over planning, over packing urges by saying like, look, if there's an emergency, we'll pick up a hoodie somewhere. Like, and in most cases we haven't had to buy because we sort of can cope and layer with what we have. But I think that was something that sort of allowed us to like take a deep breath and not do that like planning for every possible scenario. It's like plan for what's most likely. And like, we won't go crazy with purchasing, but if there's an emergency, like we were at, um, we were in New Zealand and we went to something called the penguin parade, which is the coolest. All these little tiny penguins coming out of the ocean and they walk up to their nests, but it doesn't start until after sundown and it suddenly dropped like 20 degrees. So we walked into the gift shop, bought like a $10 3XL t-shirt because that's all they had left. And like, I wore this dress for the night and I donated it to my father when we got home. <laughs> so, so that's sort of how we think about the buy category. Um, Borrow has been great for big items. So for example, um, Airbnb has a filter on it that you can say, I'll only search for homes that have a crib or pack and play. Um, so that's been really handy for us for longer term stays with Airbnb to just have something for sleep already there. Um, we've also done uh, borrowing car seats has been another really helpful one. So for our time in Australia, we actually went on Facebook marketplace and found someone who lent us their car seat for the month for free. Um, and so that way we could just like rent a car hourly, like use Turo or get around or one of those. And for any day trips, we would just use that free rental or that free car seat and then hand it back at the end of the month. Um, so that's been wonderful. And then pack is core clothes, books, uh, my husband and I share this one iPad um, that works for work. We make it work. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything big. Like we just try to be really lean with all of our stuff. Um, and so it, it has to fit. And the actual suitcases themselves are a great forcing function for that. Yeah. Okay. That is fantastic. I feel like when you talked about car seats there, that is one of the things that I'm not doing as big of a travel with my kids. But when <laughs> you travel with my kids. That is something that people always ask about. And that is one of the most challenging situations 
partly even because there's different regulations for car seats in different places. And yep. it's just like, sometimes you're picking what's the least bad scenario with the car seats. Completely. And the cost with car seats just gets crazy. Like you can certainly rent them with a rental car, but like some places, $30, $40 a day, like, oh God, that's nuts. And then um, if you're and there's picking, more baby gear rental. Oh yeah, go ahead. Well, sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, if you're picky too, it's like, well, how has this car seat been treated or, and you don't know, you really don't know. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, tell me about some of your experience with car seats, cabs, transit and travel, just kind of what has worked for you and what hasn't in certain places. Yeah. So we've really tried. One of the things we sort of decided early was like, there are places that would really, really stretch us and places that have just enough comfort. And we decided that for this trip, there are enough stretches going on doing it with a two-year-old that like, we're going to pick places that we think are navigable, where we think we could communicate enough to get by. And they don't have to be the most intense, extreme places on earth for us to feel satisfied and fulfilled by this adventure. Um, so for example, like Western Europe was a place where like, Transit was fabulous. Uh, we uh, were able to take trains almost anywhere, even between cities. Uh, we just didn't need a car and we're really able to get around on foot. Um, we've also done a lot of cycling, which has been a really great solution for us. Um, so we've done a few like cycle treks, like six to eight night, like go from point A to point B. But even for like a month in, in the Netherlands, we just had bikes for the whole month. Um, for our time in Australia and Melbourne, we had bikes for the whole month. Um, and that's allowed us to get like a little farther afield, but still feel like it's like a safe, easy, affordable solution on the day to day. That is very cool. See, I didn't even mention bikes. That's totally <laughs> Bikes are like a great winner. He, my kiddo sleeps better on a bike than in a car anyway. So like if we're like in between places, he has a good five point harness. He can conk out like it. It's it's worked really well. I love it. Okay, I don't know if you're comfortable sharing, so no worries if not. You guys are still working. While so you're- my husband isn't. Um, my husband is takes the lead on childcare. Um, and then for work for me, um, I have my own business. So I launched First Peak a few months before we left and so I'm managing the business from the road and I guess the entire trip is sort of R&D because we're on a grand adventure and testing out the clothes every day uh, and then I also do some consulting work on the side as well okay amazing I was like I didn't know what you wanted to talk about in regards to that but that's no worries you know and I didn't know if somebody else was helping with first peak while you were gone but incredible well done one woman show <laughs> I, I want to definitely go talk more about first peak after but yeah, let's no continue Please, on yeah, yeah, yeah. the travel goodness so I'm assuming I know the answer to this but to avoid big liquids because this is usually my trickiest point I, I like yep. to do, just carry on too but unfortunately you can't pack big liquids so like things like sunscreen or bigger toothpaste yep. or whatever. so is that one of your things where you just buy it once you're there or do you have any other solution By and large, I think we've tried to have small options just in case like we're exhausted day one or can't find something, et cetera. Um, But I usually like what we do in transit is like there are three things I always start on the map and we're on the way. It's like, what's the closest park to where we're staying? What's the closest pharmacy? And what's the closest grocery store? And so we sort of settle in by like arriving and hitting up the spots. And that allows us to kind of pick up some of those key like big tube items and like have a carton of milk in the fridge and have some yogurt and some fruit and like fresh veggies uh, so that my little guy's not only on like a French fried chicken nugget diet. 
Okay. Yeah. That actually, now you, that you say that, that's my almost trickiest part with travel when you don't have a kitchen and you're buying groceries, because if you're going out eating, even if you're not ordering from the kid menu, there's just less fruit veggie options for kids at restaurants, you know, like they're not going to have a salad. Totally. And and like, depending what age, but definitely not at two. And and to some extent at a restaurant, there's that pressure to like keep them entertained with food. And sometimes that can lead you to some of the stuff you're like less proud to be feeding them as a parent. Um, So I think a lot of our travel, we really have tried to find kitchens. um, And that's been a great way for us to cut costs as well, because we eat in a lot more. Um, And then we have a few sort of like staple go-tos of like, uh, get a baguette, an avocado, like a good piece of cheese and like a piece of meat. And like, okay, we, we can we can work with that. Or like baby carrots. Uh, he loves sardines. He loves canned beans. Like certain things like that that we can just sort of make work on the go um, and trying to do those before we walk into the restaurant so that like he has a full belly of good stuff and then can pick at some of the less good stuff. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, you kind of mentioned what you do for cribs. Yeah, I, I didn't actually know yep. that it's Airbnb that you can choose it. I know hotels too often will have it if you ask for it. But what kind of things do you do for cribs, high chairs, toys, any other rental borrow options that you have for that? Yeah. So we primarily have found Airbnbs that will offer a pack and play. Um, in a few places like East Asia, we had a few just like tatami mat on the floor situations. Uh, and it was an experience for all of us. Uh, I think my little guy noticed a few days in that he could like get up in the middle of the night and come stand over our bed. And so we were like, ah, you know, we are we are still in the crib phase and we will happily get back to that. Um, so yeah, by and large, borrowing pack and plays and cribs. Um, high chairs, he's, my little guy at this point's generally happy in a, in a regular chair. The nice thing with the Airbnb filter for cribs is that most of those are family homes. And so very many of them would also have a high chair or toys or kids books around. So that's helped us make choices that like are more kid friendly. Um, Another thing we've done is like, uh, I remember our second, third day in Melbourne, we just went to a secondhand store, like one of the op shops in town um, and grabbed, like he got to pick out books and toys. We told him he had like a $10 budget or something. And he picked out a bunch of stuff and then we donated it all back at the end of the month. Um, So that's been another way to sort of keep things fresh that allows us to sort of rotate through books um and then there are all the like toys that are toys of like kid loves a wooden spoon you know (laughs) like a stack of Tupperware goes a long way uh like anything can be like a tennis ball can go a long way um so it's a lot of like found and creative play as well travel is incredible but how you're doing it is even more incredible because you realize how little kids actually need for sure (laughs) It's been what, and I think that's something that's going to change coming back too. Of just like, what is our play space going to look like, and what does it unlock? Because um, we're still sort of reflecting on, yeah, how much fun he's able to have with just little things. Yeah, a stick. <laughs> a stick. A stick is great. A pine cone. <laughs> like it's great. Yes. I, I had shared this on social media for a while because my daughter found this bristle cone and named it Baby Bristle Cone, and then she was putting it in. The stroller and pushing it around and then uh, like made a little bed for it and was just taking care of this bristle cone I'm like see she doesn't even need a doll she turned a bristle cone into a doll <laughs> they're so creative right you get to see this side of them that's like oh they're makers like they're doing it <laughs> yes. 
Okay. So going back to your stroller and I know, I think you've maybe tried out some other strollers. What's your top stroller suggestion? Uh, we use the yo-yo baby Zen yo-yo has been our winner. Um, we started with the GB pocket. I think it's the all city one is what it was called. Cause it was a little less expensive. Um, we, we just destroyed that little guy. Like <laughs> that stroller, the wheels totally wore down. And I think if you were using it as like a standard travel stroller every so often, it would be great. I think for us, like it had to be our, we're going constantly stroller. Uh, and so the yo-yo has just like been a slightly sturdier option for us. Um, and I love that it packs small enough to fit into an overhead bin. Cause even gate checking for us, I'm like, like we have to wait. There's some risk. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, and so the baby's end can actually just, we could just bring it on the plane with us, which works pretty well. So good to know. Someone asked me that about our stroller that we bring the other day. Oh, does it fit hmm. in the overhead compartment? And I thought, I don't know if any stroller does, but yours does. This one does. We actually picked it in part because when we had the old stroller at every airport, the flight attendants would say, oh, is that a yo-yo? Cause like they knew that that was the one that fit. And finally we were like, goodness, if this is what they're all looking for, <laughs> like that should just be the one we have. Uh, and it's worked great. Oh, I might, I might be looking this up as soon as I get <laughs> off with you. <laughs> Order. Okay. Do you wash your clothes often on your travels or how do you navigate that? Um, so the nice thing is that most of the clothes we've opted for are sink washable. Um, so our adults clothes uh, are primarily like uh, Patagonia North Face. They're, they're meant to be like hiking type wear. Um, and so that's allowed us to like wash in a sink and hang dry. Um, that's also one of the things I've really strived for with first feet clothes for my little guy is that they are quick drying and sink washable uh, and odor resistant. So you can wash them a bit less. Um, there definitely is, of course, some buildup for laundry. And so we try to like stagger in to make sure we have places that have uh, like a washer at least, uh, but a, a lot of sink washing, honestly. Perfect. Okay. And if you think about your method of travel, if you want to call it that, just doing carry out yeah. being minimal, do you find it requires less or more pre-planning? Ooh, what a good question. I think it requires like more, not to be overly dramatic, but like painful decisions. <laughs> and once you can get over those, I feel like it, it eases the burden a lot. Like I think once you can get over this feeling of like, am I prepared for every possible scenario or, oh, am I going to miss this? Am I going to want this? Like if you can get yourself emotionally over that hump, then it's nice and speedy. Like we've done so many days now where we pack in 15 minutes and are out the door to catch a train um, because it's just, it's not that many things. Uh, so maybe it's like more emotionally trying in the pre-planning phase, but once you can get like yourself there, then it's nice and easy. <laughs> mm, I, I like that answer a lot. <laughs> Good mental Thanks. energy to do it. <laughs> okay, if you think about what you're doing, if you had multiple kids with you, would any of your suggestions change? Um, it's a good question, and we've we've thought about it because we've had a few moments of like, it's just going to be unfair to future kids to not try to do this one more time or something. Do um, it again, <laughs> exactly. I think you need like at least one of the kids to be out of a crib, probably. Um, I think that would be pretty clutch. Um, and I don't know how small the like little stroller add-on seat ride-along things pack up, but hopefully those can get pretty small too. But by and large, probably what we do is like cut back on our stuff even a little bit more just to fit in like one more kid's stuff. And I think it is still possible. Um, 
and I think could be just as fulfilling. Yeah, I agree. I love that. <laughs> Do you have any great tips for toddler exhaustion on the road? Poof. Uh, snacks are always going to be number one, right? <laughs> a good snack, a good toy goes a really long way. Um, I think for us, like getting outside is huge change up the scenery I think is one of our big ones like if we're inside get outside if we're somewhere outside like walk to something new um I think that's been really helpful uh and I think the other is like I feel like very often exhaustion for my son is associated with like a feeling of like being restrained or like not autonomous like sometimes the good ship is just saying like okay what do you want to do where do you want to go and it's like giving him a chance to lead a bit more and it's like saying yes to what he wants kind of resets him because I feel like most often the exhaustion or the tantrums come out when you're saying like no we can't do that right now we have to be quiet right now we're not this not this um so sort of turning it into like yes mode often goes a long way so many good tips how to say yes get outside and ground I'm always for grounding especially with time changes (laughs) like just getting their hands yes (laughs) And snacks. Thank you for those wonderful tips. Snacks. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay, so travels are clearly a big player in your creating a first peak. And I know it's super helpful to other caregivers. Can you tell us a bit about the inspiration behind starting your clothing line? Yeah. So I, I launched the business pretty shortly after my son was born. Um, I think the sort of aha moment for me was we took a trip to Yosemite with a couple of friends when he was probably six, seven months old and went out for this hike. He was in the carrier and within like three minutes of leaving the car, spills milk all over, all over his shirt. He's like soaking wet. Uh, and like, we're trying to air dry him. He's not drying. I'm sweating on him. We're just like, all right, he, he smells really bad. It's like curdling in the sun, but we, we got to keep going. And then as the day wore on, like, uh, his sunscreen was on like the backs of his hands and his wrists and he kept getting it in his eyes and getting upset. And uh, like the bug spray smell that was on his fingers, he didn't like. And it was just this sort of this like comedy of errors that it felt like his clothes just weren't serving him. And my husband and I are like happily in our like athleisure, outdoor, active wear, like dry, fresh smelling, clean. And so we went home from that trip and I was like, oh, great. Some of these brands must be making onesies. Like someone must be doing it. Like, let's just go buy it. Cause like the next time we do this trip, I want him sun covered, quick dry and smelling good. Um, and I couldn't find it. And so I sort of went down the rabbit hole of cold calling basically biotech companies that were making odor resistant or performance fabrics. Uh, and cause I really wanted to make sure whatever I found was super safe. So I wanted to like go to the source, make sure the people who were doing the research on these fabrics could talk to me about the safety and how it works. And I wanted to make sure something I could really understand. Uh, and I would just call and say, I'm a mom, like my kid keeps spilling stinky milk on himself and then he smells bad all day. Like, can you please just like, tell me about your fabrics? Uh, and they'd send samples, I would touch them. I really wanted something that felt as soft if not softer than all his other clothes. Uh, ordered my first roll sometime around Thanksgiving and sort of went from there and like trying to learn how to manufacture and create clothes. I love it. You scratched your own itch. Exactly. (laughs) And I love hearing the sustainableness of it. I think that's definitely becoming way more important for people, or at least it's starting to be talked about more and people are realizing like, where is this coming from? Who are we supporting? So that's beautiful. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was talking to someone actually about it yesterday who said to me, like, 
in buying a baby garment, I want to buy something so that my baby can like enjoy a planet that will still be beautiful for them. Like that, that's something about baby clothes in particular, like really made her think about sustainable purchases. Um, and that really rang true for me too. Kids realizing how much kids need. So getting that quality gear that they can use for a long time because they don't need too much of it, especially on your adventures. I don't know how many pieces you have for your kiddo, but you probably just- It's pretty lean. <laughs> Yeah. And I think, right. It's like so much of like, yes, the fabrics are sustainable. The products themselves are sustainable. But to your point, like a lot of the sustainability is just clothes that you're not going to throw out after one or two wears, right? Like not just contributing all this to the landfill and all this fabric and, and clothing waste, textile waste. Um, so yeah, my, my little guy has, I think it's four short sleeves, two long sleeves, and he's been using the same ones for about eight months. Oh, I love it. Okay. So that's, that's the number to shoot for people. <laughs> it's yeah. There are days where I'm like, oh, the same blue shirt again. But I'm like, yeah, he's fine. <laughs> it's it's probably great. one of those he's tough things feet. because it's like, well, unless you're buying first peak, buy some extra, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. where can people find this amazing first peak gear? Where can they follow along with it? And where can they also follow along with you? Yeah. Uh, so our website is firstpeak.co.co uh, and they can purchase directly through our website. And then on Instagram, we are at firstpeakbaby. Uh, and that account is sort of a blend of like our travels and experiences testing the clothes as well as updates to the, the brand itself. Amazing. Well, thank you for what you're doing. I'm excited to get my kids wearing some first peak. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> I love it. Once you see the face by the name and all the good things you're doing, you're just like, you have to. So I will definitely be ordering oh, some of that. Is there anything else you wanted to Yay. share? Oh, I appreciate you asking. Um, I don't think so. Um, no, you've had, this is fun. You've had such good questions. <laughs> this has been so fun. Okay. Well then we will end with our final questions. The only ones that I gave you some notice about, oh. <laughs> if you saw them. Yep, I'm ready. So in the last <laughs> few months, what was your best purchase under $100? It's funny because when I saw this one, I had literally just written a blog post about the best $40 I had spent because I was so pumped about it. Uh, and it was our first day in Melbourne. We walked past a Kmart uh, and my son had been like such a trooper through so much, so many months of travel. And we just went in and got him a scooter and a helmet for like $35 US. And for the whole month, he was Scooter King. And it was just like, he was so autonomous and excited and energized. We could go way further. He learned left and right, which was super exciting. Uh, and it just was like a great reminder that like, sometimes those little, little treats uh, for the little ones go a really long way. And yes. we donated it at the end, which worked out great. My daughter loves her scooter too. So I'm with you on that one. That's a purchase worth making. <laughs> you can come oh yeah. It was a winner. It was a winner. And it was like a cute little dinosaur helmet. He loved it. So cute. <laughs> can you share a book show or podcast recommendation right now? It's funny. I, okay. So this one I was very torn on because I feel like the things I've really been needing from books and shows and podcasts are just good feels lately. Like, I think there's like enough in the world that's bad feels that I was just like, what has brought me joy? And so from a show perspective, I think Ted Lasso is a classic joy bringing TV show of just like positivity and positive energy. Uh, and from a book perspective, I read uh, Taylor Jenkins reads uh, Carrie Soto is back, which is like a woman overcoming uh, challenges in the sports world and like being victorious and both have just been like neither are 
directly productive to my business, but both have just like fed me in a very positive way. Like you said, sometimes that's just what you need. (laughs) That's what you need. (laughs) Okay. You are doing this right now. So however you feel like answering this question, if there was no time or money limit, where would you travel or explore next? So I think some of it is like, could we do this again is one of the things that comes to mind of like, what would it take to be able to do a year around the globe with two kiddos at some point in the future? Um, but the, th- the other idea that I had was one of the places that we're not going to probably make it to on this leg. So I think it would just be a little hard for the little one, which is to do a road trip, like the whole Pan-American highway. So I go from Canada down through South America, um, I think has like always been a dream if we had unlimited time to just sort of like, see so many different countries and so much different terrain and just hang in a van and and have a blast. Sometimes there's people I talk to where I'm like, you're just going to make it happen. So I know you're going to make that happen. (laughs) Thank you. Fingers crossed. I think it'd be awesome. I think that much car time for a two-year-old is just like, we're not signing up. We're not setting ourselves up for success with that, but one day. So it's not happening tomorrow, but one day. (laughs) One day. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, well, I want to sign off, but at the same time, I want to ask you one more question that I was thinking about since I said I'm going to hop on to first. Please. Right away here. Do you have a favorite product for your kiddo? Like if you were going to say to someone, this is the one thing or the first thing you need to buy, what item do I need to be checking out? Oh, that's so heart wrenching. Um, (laughs) So I'm torn between two and they're the two newest that might be the recency bias of it all, but especially with like spring starting to turn it's still cool but like uh you want like layers on them but you don't need a full coat maybe all the time uh we launched flannels and sweatshirts at the start of this year um both are made from such cool fabrics the flannels are made from something called sea wool which takes like oyster shells and discarded water bottles and spins them into this really snugly soft yarn so they're super cool and like there's nothing more adorable than a child in a flannel shirt (laughs) um so that's been a great option uh and then our sweatshirts are just sort of like an everyday staple i think probably of all of our products like that is we have one sweatshirt and we're layering that on my son almost every day for the mornings um they dry fast they're stain resistant um and they're just so so soft Okay. Amazing. I'm going to check those out. And especially all season, because even for us in Canadian summers, it's still like you said, cools off in the morning. For the evening. Totally. So layers are key. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to share this and we'll talk to you again soon. Yay. Thanks for adventuring with us. Please subscribe and share your love by reviewing our podcast with five stars and follow us over at Kids Who Explore on Instagram and all other social media platforms. This podcast is produced by KP Media Productions.